Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the live stream church services, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and his message called Repentance and Restoration. Wherever you may be tonight, uh, we're glad that you're tuning in and worshiping with us. And where we are tonight is in the book of Job. We're in chapter 40, and we're going to continue a verse by verse study through the book of Job that, interestingly enough, I was looking at my notes. We started a year ago. On April 3rd, 2019, we began a study in the book of Job. And we've done uh, Sunday and Wednesday services for as long as I can remember. And I remember when we were transitioning from one book to the other, and I was praying as I normally do, okay, Lord, what do you have next for us? And I had this sense that the book of Job was what God wanted us to study verse by verse, chapter by chapter, 42 chapters. And a lot of pastors will tell you that, you know, uh, they've heard uh, pastors preach on the first couple chapters and the last couple chapters of Job, but not the in-between chapters. And and I tell you, I'm, I'm not lauding myself or telling you that, I, you know, I can really tune into the voice of God. That's not what this is about. I was actually fighting God and saying, oh, Lord, are you sure you want me to teach the book of Job? <laughs> and I was also thinking, uh, when you have me teach a book, you usually want me to live the book. And that's, that's a challenge. And then I was thinking about the people who come each and every Wednesday night and thinking about, you know, just 42 chapters of the book of Job. It could be, let's be honest, a bit of a bummer. It's, it's a tougher book. But little did I know that a year later, we would be in the situation that we're in now. And in some ways, if, if we could put it this way, and I know that, you know, we have to put this in the proper context, is that we'd be suffering or experiencing at least some Job-like suffering. And I, I will say for some people, much more than others right now. And some are feeling, you know, the press of this more than others. I think of medical professionals that are on the front lines right now. I think of uh, some of our governmental leaders. And I even think of our fellow church leaders and pastors who uh, maybe feel some extra weight as this goes on with this coronavirus. But here we are in the book of Job. And before we jump into chapter 40 of the book of Job, right before the book of Psalms, if you're new to the book of Job. I want to acknowledge a family that has been with us. I think it's probably getting close to two decades now. We've been together, ministering together, watching our kids grow up, and that is the Coleman family. And Coleman's, if you're watching tonight, we wanted to send our blessing with you. We know you're relocating to Tennessee, and uh, we're excited for you. But we, I will tell you that there is going to be a gap in this ministry when you guys leave and uh, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart how much your family has meant to uh, this church family, to my family personally, how you all have ministered to us, uh, shown the love of Christ and the an attitude of joy that um, is really, I've seen in very few people. Um, so I, I would just say to the whole Coleman clan, happy, happy trails as you go off to Tennessee, we will miss you, but we pray God's best for you. And we know exciting things are ahead as you relocate. And just praying for traveling mercies and just want to say a big thank you from all of our Living Truth family. Well, tonight we're in the book of Job. And before we jump in, I'd like to pray. If you join me in prayer, 
And then hopefully you have your Bible in front of you. Father, thank you so much that we can study the book of Job tonight. And we're going to look at these next several messages on Job's repentance and restoration. And boy, those words mean a lot to us because right now we've been praying 40 days of prayer. We're in the midst of it. And, and those are a couple of our R's, the idea of repenting and restoring. And here we are in the book of Job. And this is a very fitting title for the next several uh, times that we will look at this book. And we're coming to the close of the book, but we have some incredible stuff ahead of us and some stuff that really applies to our day. And so I pray that you would guide us, that you would speak to us, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church, your people, to this nation and this world. May we hear your voice amidst all the voices that are talking right now, all the news that we can ingest, all the things that cause hope and fear. May we hear your voice ever more clearly in these days. And may we respond in faith and action. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. I want to read you the opening paragraph of my notes from a year ago. It says, at one time or another, almost everyone has felt like Job. While going through trials and times of suffering, we are often overwhelmed by self-pity. We want an explanation for why God allows trials to happen to us. The book of Job records the troubling questions, the terrifying doubts, and the very real anguish of a sufferer. The book of Job can help us in the time when we are surrounded with troubles by giving us a glimpse of God's perspective on our suffering. On page two of the notes from a year ago, I recorded why study the book of Job for the same reasons we study any Old Testament book. Job is there to give us hope and encouragement and point us back to God in any and every circumstance and season of life. We need to face the reality of the fallen world in which we live. What are we to make of the problem of evil and of suffering? We will get some help in that endeavor tonight as we once again study the book of Job. And for those of you who are new to the study, I welcome you. For those of you who have been Wednesday nighters for many, many weeks uh, and looking forward to the conclusion of the book, welcome aboard. I was thinking of uh, some uh, 30 years ago now in May, my wife and I on Cinco de Mayo will celebrate 30 years of marriage. And uh, one of the songs that was played at our first dance was Louis Armstrong sang it. He, I don't think he wrote it, but he sang it. And it's the song, What a Wonderful World. He sang these treasured words. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I say to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, bright sunny days and dark sacred nights. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the skies, are also on the faces of the people walking by. I see friends shaking hands saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I see babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll, never, I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And oh, yeah. It's touching, isn't it? And it's true. 
The world around us is a wonderful world. But it is a cursed world. And the reason that we have the issues that we have is because we sinned against God. Our first parents sinned. We all are represented in Adam and in Eve. The wonderful world that God made is affirmed by the writer of Genesis when he records God saying, it was good, Genesis 1, 10, 12, 18, 21, and 25. And God said it was good. It was good. It was good. The word good is pleasant, agreeable, excellent, valuable, beautiful. It's a wonderful world. Ash in his commentary on Genesis says, the problem is this. Yes, it's a wonderful world. And yet it is also a world touched by terrible evil. It is a world where a cultured man may listen to Mozart while being a commandant of an extermination camp at Dulson and Ravensbrück. A world where the beauty of sex may be twisted into infidelity and abuse. A world where the wonder of man's technology or technological wizardry is used in the service of mass destruction. It is a world in which blameless Job suffers. A man who is righteous, a man whose righteousness is lauded among just a few people in the Bible, like with a Daniel and others. And now Job is in the midst of a whirlwind of suffering. And he's been asking questions. And most of his questions have to do with how God runs the universe and why what is happening to him is happening to him. And he senses in his spirit that he has become the enemy of God, that God has made Job his enemy. And he doesn't know why because he has lived his life in trying to honor God. God, at the end of the opening speech that he gave to Job about his running of the universe, said these words. This is Job 40, verses 1 through 6. The Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder, Job 40, verse 2, contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. If you have a New Living Translation, Job 40, verse 2 says, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? I was thinking to myself, uh, just in trying to catch up with the news and the daily reports that the president is given, giving and the task force are giving. Can you imagine right now being the president? I know some people, you know, have this wish of being the guy in charge, the, the guy who could, you know, run this great country of the United States of America. But some experts have said that President Trump finds himself between literally a rock and a hard place because he wants to protect the safety of America and the health of Americans. And at the same time, he realizes with the economists that we need to get the economy going. And so there is a tension. And, you know, as the days go by, it's a very real tension of trying to find this proper balance. And it's a hard balance to find. And it's a reason. It's one of many reasons why we should be praying for those who lead us, for President Trump, Vice President Mike Pence. And I will tell you that recently I heard Mike Pence quoted that there are more Bible studies happening in the White House than perhaps have ever happened in the U.S. history. So there is a move of God even happening in the White House. And I don't know every detail of that. And I know everybody, you know, who walks the face of this planet is an imperfect person. But for the task force, for our governors, for our doctors who are fighting on the front lines, for nurses, for scientists, the list could go on. Let's 
try to be positive instead of being critics. And I will add that President Trump had uh, Mike uh, Lindell, the, the My Pillow guy, speak. I think it was at the Rose Garden. He was an invited guest. He's transformed his pillow making plant here in the U.S. into making, I think it's masks or respirators. And uh, he was there and he did add that America needs to start reading the Bible. He encouraged people to read the Bible and he got by some of the usual suspects criticized for it. This is not a time to be criticizing reading the Bible, my friends. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. This Sunday, we will be doing another 633 event. This time, it's live-streamed on our Living Truth YouTube channel. This event is focused on navigating the times, and you're invited to watch and participate. Pastor Michael Lance, Mike Massaro, and Director of the Truth Academy, Joe Kelly, will talk about this crazy time we're living in and how we as Christians can make a positive difference and find hope. And you will be able to ask questions anonymously in real time from the comfort of your home. If you couldn't attend our 633 events in the past, now you can. Remember, the 633 event, Navigating the Times, is this Sunday at 633 in the evening. Make sure you visit walkintruth.com and click on church to find our YouTube channel. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And he got, by some of the usual suspects, criticized for it. This is not a time to be criticizing reading the Bible, my friends. The Bible is at the foundation of the country in which we all live. And though the people who came here and established, you know, the foundations of this nation uh, were like all of us were imperfect people. They had a desire to worship the, the Lord in spirit and in truth and with freedom. God forbid that we mock God at a time like this. We need to not do that. We need to come back to our foundations. Job answered the Lord, verse 3, and said, Behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to thee? I lay my hand on my mouth. That was the end of last week's message. Once I have spoken and I will not answer, even twice, and I will add no more. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said. Now, in the earlier speech, when God uh, argues about his running of the universe and begins asking Job questions, He talks about how he governs the universe and the Lord spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. Now he speaks to Job out of the storm. And the whirlwind and the storm are two metaphors, two pictures of power. They represent power and even darkness and that which can be unpredictable and even cause damage and hardship. And so Job has been sobered and silenced by the first speech, the questions that have come at him about the inanimate and animate world. He's been humbled, but some scholars say not quite humbled to the point of repentance. In fact, in chapter 42, Job is going to repent and retract the words that he said. He's not going to repent because of some sin he was sinning against God that brought this upon him. That was not Job's situation. He's going to repent for the words that he's spoken in the midst of the trial. And I will say to you, and I'm saying this to me, in the midst of the trial, 
we have questions and we may even become critics of the Most High God, but we need to be careful because God is holy and God is a righteous judge and God will judge. Verses one through five of Job 40 are transitional verses, if you will. They kind of conclude God's first speech and lead into God's second speech. We have said that in God's questions, there are also answers. We have to look a little deeper to hear the answers within the questions that God poses to Job and to us. And Job may not have found all the answers in the question that he was looking for, in the questions that God gave him that he was looking for. But he was getting the answers that God wanted him to hear. I'll give you an example. This is in Luke 13. And you can turn there if you'd like, Luke 13. Uh, a question was asked of Jesus about a happening in his day. And uh, here's what it says. This is Luke 13, verse 1. It says, Now on the same occasion there were some present who reported to Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Luke 13, 2. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that the Galileans, these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 13, 4. Do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, says Jesus. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, when people brought the question to Jesus about the problem of evil, some contemporary events that happened in his day, they, they asked Jesus about this, and Jesus didn't even answer the why question. And that's what we often want to know. We want to know why these things happen. We want to know, did God cause it? Is God allowing it? If he's caused it or allowed it, why? That's where we tend to kind of sit. We dwell on the why. When things personally are going wrong, we say, why is this happening? Or what did I do to deserve this? But is it possible, and this is in my notes, that when we get a fresh look at God in the midst of a trial, we find that we've been asking all the wrong questions. See, maybe, just maybe, brethren, those of you who may be considering the Christian faith, maybe our trials in a unique way get us to look at life and questions differently. See, what we tend to focus on is our world and the things that are happening to us. But our trials widen our scope. They often give us a new, fresh look at God. Maybe they help us to realize who God actually is. That yes, God is love, but God is also holy. In Isaiah 6, when the angels are praising God day and night, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Before Job officially repents and God restores him in chapter 42, God is going to bring to Job's attention two great monstrous creatures. God has moved through the inanimate world of the sun and the stars and the lightning and the storm and the rain and the snow. He's moved into some animate creatures in the wild uh, kingdom. And we've looked at some of those. And now he's going to talk about two creatures that you may have heard about before They're called Behemoth and Leviathan. Now tonight, we will end with Behemoth at the end of this sermon, and we'll look into Leviathan in our next message. 
what are these creatures? There's been debate if you read commentaries on the book of Job, if you listen to those who comment on scripture or maybe even have a scientific background, different views on behemoth and Leviathan. But I will tell you this, these two great monstrous and maybe even mysterious creatures represent something like this. They represent dark strength and incredible untamed power. The Lord is the greatest power of all, represented in the storm and the whirlwind. But these two great creatures may well represent evil and that which is untamable in the world. And this is where Job has been struggling personally, and you may be as well. The things that are out there, the things that lurk in the darkness, uh, the virus has been called, this coronavirus has been called this unseen enemy. It's like, you know, we're all trying to go extra measures and we should to, to protect ourselves and our health, but it's this weird unseen enemy that we're trying to defeat and understand. You're listening to Repentance and Restoration Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 40. We just wanted to remind you that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Now, we know times are uncertain right now, and we're not asking for much, just five bucks. So if you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening, and we hope you're blessed as well. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we ponder the book of Job, you know, um, it was more than a year ago now that we began a verse-by-verse study in the book of Job uh, at our fellowship here at Living Truth in the city of Corona in Southern California. And I had it on my heart. I was praying about the next book, and uh, I— Believe me, I double and triple checked. Lord, are you sure? <laughs> the book of Job. Come on, Lord. And uh, anyway, we we began the journey, and now we're at the end of the journey. You're catching the very end of that Wednesday night verse-by-verse teaching, but boy, how timely this book is and how timely the subject of repentance is. Let's talk about repentance. Who's repentance for? Well, repentance literally means to turn around. It means to change your mind change your heart, and change your actions. And so repentance can be for unbeliever and believer alike. Uh, when Paul preaches in Athens, he says, God's now calling for all people everywhere to repent, Acts 17, because he has fixed a day when he will judge the world in righteousness. And then in Revelation 2 and 3, we see the Lord of the church call upon the church to repent. So if you think of repentance as simply doing a 180, you're going the wrong direction and you need to turn around and go the right direction, well, that can certainly apply to a non-Christian who's not known the Lord and you need to turn to the Lord, and for a Christian who's been wayward. So whatever category you find yourself in, it's time to repent, don't you think? And, you know, there's probably things that we can repent of every day. But there's also times of national repentance, for example, the life of Israel or even in the life of a church where there's a realization that we've been going the wrong way for too long and we've put idols and other things, man's programs perhaps, in front of God. And we need to, we need to turn around. 
And so repentance is is really for anyone who would hear the voice of the Lord and get right with him. Well, I'd like to invite you to uh, listen to our Holy Week messages that were preached here recently via live stream. You can connect with those on our Living Truth YouTube channel. When you go to walkintruth.com, just click on church. You'll end up at our YouTube channel. You can also search uh, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona on YouTube, and you'll get to our channel. We'd love for you to subscribe there. We'd love for you to make sure you're getting the uh, notifications. Just click on that bell. And uh, we're going to be putting messages up there regularly so that you can be encouraged and challenged and blessed in your Christian walk. Now, you can find Walk in Truth also as a podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Spotify or uh, whatever one you find is your favorite. And you can uh, listen to past messages and you can also keep up with what's going on with Walk in Truth. Hey, speaking of what's going on, we have a Wednesday night service. We do this every week at 7 p.m. here Pacific Time in Southern California at Living Truth, where I'm the senior pastor. I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors. And we invite you 7 o'clock to our Wednesday service, 7 p.m. Come and worship with us. Um, catch it live. You may not be as busy as you were before, so a great time to connect with us. Make sure you connect when you go to walkintruth.com. Walkintruth.com. Just make sure you click on that church tab, and we will catch you at the service. God bless you. Come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 40 called Repentance and Restoration. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship.